Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is a Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 46 of a Very Bookish Podcast. It is week three in our October event, and we have a very special author with us today. We have a popular book talk author. I would say we have Ben Alderson, author of Lord of Eternal Night, and oh my god, so many good books. How are you today, Ben? <laughs> I'm really happy and thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm ready to kiki and talk books and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited to have you on. Thank you for agreeing to be on with us. And yeah, it's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Um, Maggie, you want to start off? Yeah. So do you kind of want to introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners who have not heard of you before and have not heard of your books? Do you want to just yeah. give us a little rundown? Yeah, so I am Ben Alderson. I am the author of Lord of Eternal Night and other works like Cloaked in Shadow and the Lost Mage. I am a gay author who writes gay books with gay characters across the spectrum. And I'm just out here to try and create stories where people can see themselves represented but not questioned so um I'm trying to take do a different take on writing queer stories without being queer is the, it's not like the main plot twist or the the main conflict it just is what it is and we're kind of living our best lives in you know these fantasy worlds so yeah, yeah. it's the normalization that's needed it's like yes. it's, it's it's a gay book but like that's not just because they're gay that's not the whole point of the book it's yeah. like there's an actual story and there's a plot and it's like yeah they're gay what's what's the point I think like that's so like not to like criticize a little bit but that's so common now where it's like oh like the characters are gay and it's like well but does the book have a good plot like what's the plot of the book like I need to know sometimes but I think definitely the normalization is needed where it's just like yes there's LGBTQ2 LGBTQ plus sorry I get that so I'm part of the community I'm like don't know how to say it at all um but I feel like it's so like normalized because I like I've read like I've been reading more like books, like bisexual books now, since I've been feeling more comfortable about my sexuality and stuff. And it's like reading those kinds of books, you feel so represented in them. And it's like, it's normalized. So it's, it's not like you're like, oh, it's not so heavily centered on it where it feels like, it kind of feels like that cage where you're like, this is what I have to be. And it's like, it's great that people like you are making it where it's just like, you're gay. What about it? <laughs> like, what's up? Here it is. And it's, it's really, I thank you for that. Cause it's also amazing. And I love that for you. I'm so glad. I really just felt like I really wanted to, I think books where coming out as a storyline is so important for people yeah. to see mm-hmm. the, and experience all the different options and versions yeah. and outcomes of coming out. But I also think it's really important where somebody can read a book. You don't see Sarah J Mass being like, and this straight character kissed this straight, but you just don't see it. So I wanted to write books where you don't win. There's no labels, although it's very clear. I, I, I like a label myself. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm, I like to label myself as gay. That's what I am. Um, but in my, in the books, it's, you know, it just is what it is. Like the boy falls in love with the prince. There's, and it's literally never questioned. It's just is what it is. It's just, yeah, I love it. And for me, it's really therapeutic to yeah. write stories as well because mm-hmm. when you've gone through all the coming out and the stuff it just is a bit <laughs> exhausting sometimes <laughs> it's just nice to write a little bit of a safe place but it, it's definitely yeah. stressful for a lot of a lot of like young new adult readers who 
or anybody really when they're coming out, it's definitely a stressful time. And to read that in literature and to be like, just feel accepted and like Mm -hmm. in a safe space where it's like, it's a big deal, but then it's also like, but it's like so normalized. I think that's very important to readers now, especially. And so you definitely are filling that gap where it is Mm -hmm. needed, especially in like fantasy and LGBTQ plus fantasy where it's more adult. I mean, I'm not going to say it, but porn. (laughs) I mean, I, I mean, we admit it and we love to read. We love to read we, a we good, love to read it. good smutty thing. I never thought, I never thought I'd write new adult stuff. And it's not because I'm not confident about it. I feel like I'm quite a sexual person in general. So I've never been like shy about it or thought, oh, I'm not going to write it because oh, I don't know what to do. But I just, the opportunity never really arose, really. And then I joined Book Talk. <laughs> And the rest is history. And I, and I just thought, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it out. And it was so much fun. And the one thing which I found, and with Lord of Eternal Light being the the book in question, was I like to think the book has quite a good plot besides the smut as well. So I, I like, I try to really focus on the story, but the story follows all the characters, and all the characters are stuck in a castle. And yeah, they're probably gonna sleep with each other, and you know, bounce. You know, upon the cock. But it's, <laughs> it's okay. You can go it's, it's part that of dick. the story. It's part of the plot. It it has purpose. It has purpose. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? It's it's a character development. Yeah, it was so important. That's what you do. You're alone. Oh my god, you're out camping in the woods. Oh no, he's spooning me, and this is what it is. So you know, it just is part of being older and I thought it just fit the story really well and I was like let's go yeah 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 it's awesome and I feel like a lot of people um who have been like looking for like other fantasy books because like book talk went through a whole phase of just reading smut like I feel like everybody was reading fantasy at the beginning and we were all into it and then something came along and we were we were all reading smut and that was it and now people are starting to transition back to fantasy, but now they're looking for fantasy that has the spice, that has the smut. And here you are. You're you just are. Like, here you go. Seriously, get on the hype because I'm ready. Blue alien porn. I think it's my time to shine. <laughs> Put yourself down to your local Amazon and get yourself a copy of these horny vampires because it's time. Oh yeah, I, and I feel like vampires are such like a sweet spot for everybody because like, sweet spot. look, you know, everybody has like, you know, when they go back to think about it, what started, and it's usually like with the trifecta, you either started with like witches, vampires, or werewolves, and that's like the always the spot that people go back to. Yeah. It's always something that's like familiar and people are just like, how can we see what's yeah. new with vampires? And it's there. I you're so right for me it was witches that started my reading stuff what was it for you both Uh, I was a vampire girl vampire girl I was a vampire girl but then I became a werewolf girl and werewolves kind of like took over I never got into the werewolf situation I just don't think the witches hunt name a book I've read it sweep series to Kate Tin and to LJ Smith to Sally Green loved LJ Smith LJ Smith actually is like so I fell in love with her Night World series. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Oh my Seriously. God. This is a whole <gasps> thing. This is, whole, this is Grace's personality. And... 
Where's the final book? <laughs> she wrote, she, Grace was writing the final book. Like, Grace, like, actually, like, was going to do, like, a fanfic writing of the final book. <gasps> because you know the pain. You know the pain. We waited, and it was even teased in the last book. We had that little, like, little yep. chapter. Yeah. And then oh. she just... Well, I feel like the, I feel like that was I don't know like what happened. What okay. happened? What, what happened? happened? <laughs> it's been twenty years. Bring it back. Bring it back. I mean, we, we there are so many people who have been waiting for this, and I know that my listeners have heard this story multiple times. But the, the series that we're talking about is the Night World series by L. J. Smith. It is a nine book series, and each series like this is. I'm talking about this was written back when I was born, 1995, right? And like, it started off, every book had a different story in the same world. So it was back before those interconnected stories were even really popularized. And then we get the last book where it seems like everything is being connected and it's coming together in this final book. We get a teaser chapter in the last book that is coming out soon never released never never released. released and it left the world wanting more it was, it's bizarre the closure the lack of closure and you know it's such a blueprint for authors these days to be writing these standalones in a connecting world like Elise Cova smashing yes. it with Deal with the Elf King. Yes. Um, you know, adding in the elves, the Fae, the vampires are coming soon. It's kind of my what I'm doing with Lord of Eternal Night, with yep. Dunn Vampires and the Witches. We're introducing elves into it really strangely. And all, you know, it, it's like a blueprint of how do you you don't always have to have a trilogy, you don't always have to have a yeah. duology or a series, you can do something a bit different. And I thought LJ Smith was like the queen of it, that. oh my gosh. Yeah. It's kind of Grace's whole personality. Like literally literally anybody mentions it and she will like go off. But it definitely is like, I think we see it now where it's a lot of like standalones in a series. So it's like a series of standalones. And I think that's very important because like for me, I get like, I get bored. Like if there's like more than three books with the same character, I'm like, okay, like how long is this going to last? I'm like, uh, I want to see like these side characters. And then like, I read a ton of standalone like, series because those are just bread and butter like they're so good it's quick easy yeah Mm. the deal with the elf king was really good i got it i got a like the fake crate edition so it's like the nice the pretty cover the pretty cover and like the sprayed edges and stuff it was like their december of 2020 box yeah and i got it and i was like oh my this is beautiful. She's, so pretty. she's amazing. She's absolutely smashing it. And I think seeing people like Elise Cover in the indie world, seeing people like um, Emma Ham, seeing people like KJ Sutton, people who I love. Mm-hmm. And then you see people like the Atlas Six being picked up by a publisher. Yes. Oh my God, what's going on? You see, um, uh, what's her name? Scarlett. Uh, what's her name? Scarlett St. Clair. Scarlet St. Clair, books being picked up by publishers halfway yeah. through the indie crib. People who publishers wouldn't have even touched yeah. five years ago because all know you've tainted your brand because you self-published. We're going to be picking up new, mm-hmm. you know, new yeah. talent. Yeah. New talent's not paying the bills and you're coming to the indies. So where's my money? Penguin! 
Do you kind of want to give us um, and our listeners kind of like your background in publishing because you are a self-published author so you kind of want to give your like history of writing and all your your kind of story it's a bit of a long story but I'll I'll kind of shorten it we got time we got time we got time time. so in 2011 I joined booktube I was one of the first like males on booktube I was the most followed one in the UK it was like everything my whole life had gone from never reading a book to being books being my whole entire life I was in with publishers I was doing marketing I was working with indie indie authors I managed to quit my day job and just like work on books full time and it was everything so I had a real cool innings from like a really early stage joined bookstagram when that was just kicking off um if you've ever heard of the um hashtag um Oh my God, YA Lovin, that's one of my hashtag. I made that back in the day. So being a part of the book world back at the start when Divergent was coming out and it was like crazy. Fast forward to thinking, well, I'm working with these indie authors. I know the publishing space enough. I'm going to set my own publishing house up. So for four years, I was publishing other people's books and I was, you know, doing that whole thing. And then whilst being like, I really want to write, but my confidence with writing is this big because I've been told throughout my school, you're not very good at spelling, da 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 English isn't very good. No, you can't study English at what we call A-level, which is kind of like your college years. Mm-hmm. But not very good. The, the teacher was like, no, I don't want him in my thing. So I just had really low confidence. Then I was like, bugger it, I'm going to write. So then I did it. And then I got into writing and then I was like, ah, this is so scary and overwhelming and disappeared off the face of the bookish world for two years. And then come December of last year. November 30th is your November 30th. Yeah, I knew it was so close around that time. I literally was scrolling through um, TikTok and randomly started seeing people talk about books and being like, oh, I remember this like back in the day. And then being like, I'm just going to post. And then I posted a couple of videos and they didn't really hit. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll just post here and there. And then had the first pop and had the feedback and people started reading. And then I was like, oh my God, time to start publishing again. So since then it has been head down on the computer, writing as much as I can just to kind of catch up with missed time. But that's my very long story, very short, <laughs> like... <laughs> it down yeah yeah that's pretty amazing and and I feel like people um had like this reawakening like definitely book talk like reawakened a lot of people who were part of like the book community very very mm-hmm. early on like you said had you know life happened and then they they just fell off with it you know doing other things and then pandemic hit TikTok hit and now everyone's coming back to it and everyone's finding all these new authors, new books, and a lot of authors are deciding, you know what, hey, I, I, I could probably do this. Let me try it out. And now we have so many popular indie authors all over BookTok. Like, yeah, we have a whole bunch of like publishing uh, authors who are um, published through like publishing houses and all these things but then we have a lot of indie authors who are their books are really really gaining popularity and then we're seeing it follow through with like publishers starting to listen to them and picking it up and it's just like this wonderful chain reaction that has like started and so many people are enjoying and picking up books that they didn't even know were there and like you said like now you get to go back and you're just like 
here is everything I'm writing I'm enjoying it and that's that's pretty amazing it's honestly booktube and I'm t- book top sorry not booktube where's that RIP rest in peace <laughs> book top is literally the most powerful community of people I've seen the booktube I've seen the bookstagram I've been on book twitter been there done that early 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 I'm telling you booktop is the most powerful and not even I mean for me yeah like it's amazing it's like really changed the game but I'm by nowhere near what some of these authors are doing making and 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 kind of experiencing mm-hmm. but the fact that people are finally taking indie authors seriously besides those real avid readers who'd always been on Amazon and never really cared for social media and, and people have had big followings back in, you know yeah. was big big cults but this is like taking it to a new level. An indie author can go to sleep at this point, having not no one really reading their books. To one person, lucky person reading, posting, having a pop, and then it's a trend. And then it's gone. It's just the most incredible and motivating thing to see when I'm seeing blue aliens in the top of the Amazon charts. Because it's, yes, it's Blue Aliens, but the stories are really good and the author's really talented. Just like, oh my it's God. crazy because Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, also released a book while and could not reach number one on Amazon because of Ice Planet Barbarians. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, that really shows the power of book talk because literally alien smut was getting alien. higher than a We're guy who had a movie. Hundreds of copies a day. We're talking about hundreds yeah. of Day. and if it's in kindle unlimited it's a bit different because the downloads from kindle unlimited although it doesn't show sales it does affect mm-hmm. the, the the thing we're talking like yeah. the traffic these people are getting and yeah. it's just unbelievable like it's unbelievable and amazing like this crazy community to be a part it's, of it is amazing it's so crazy because like you'll get like a creator who just ends up picking up a book like you'll get pauline or our friend amen you know they'll they'll pick up a book do a quick reaction video to it and Boom. literally everyone's running to go buy it to Addie add it LaRue. to their cart. Addie LaRue. Addie LaRue was like that was on another level like Addie LaRue. Jennifer Armentrout been in yeah. the industry for years mm-hmm. like been reading her books for absolute years I've got Wicked on here from when that first released. Mm-hmm. Now like I, I, as yeah. talked about as Sarah J Mass in terms of the the blood from Blood and Ash yeah it's a really wicked thing and she does have publishing support behind her but a lot of those publishing houses aren't big and they're 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 indie presses themselves some aren't and some are and it's just amazing to be like oh my god the and also the power of the people watching the videos too because yes it takes like Eamon's do an amazing video and just have pure raw emotion and people Mm -hmm. like latch onto that but if you put the same thing on on book top booktube I just feel like it wouldn't have the same reaction in terms of Mm -hmm. buy-throughs because everyone on TikTok's like, it's quick. It's like, everyone's, it's so quick. Like mm-hmm. trend now, here, now, I want it now because of the, you can watch a video for six seconds yeah. mentality. It's just wicked to see. I, like, I think it's an important thing. business model of like marketing mm-hmm. and too with TikTok. And I think, I think we see like Barnes and Noble and a lot of like, a lot of the publishing houses are now starting to understand, understand that like the market of like TikTok and like how you can look at a video for, for three minutes now basically like a three minute video you can watch now you can go directly to that person's like profile find a link to that book and buy it then and there and it's like the power that we put the power that I put into Eamon and Eamon's reviews the amount of power she holds like 
I, I compared to like, I'm going to say like a booktube. I used to watch like booktube videos when I first started out, started out on booktalk, but like now it's like, do I really want to watch? I mean, I make booktube videos, but I do like one a month. That's like, those are like updates, like me just like literally like m- making my room and stuff. That's what those videos are. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to sit there and watch a 20 minute video of a review about a book when I can go watch Eamon who does a 60 second review and see if I like it or not. Like, it's yeah. just like no hate to booktube. It's a different, oh, hundred percent. No yeah. hate to booktube. Been there and it's like great. And if you're still doing it, like that's fantastic. And to be honest, I think all the book talk, booktubers that are on now, I don't, I, I don't watch cause I, I'm not part of the community but they're probably a whole host of different people. And I'm pretty sure, like, it's that they're slaying it. So go them, 100%. Oh, yeah. In my mind, when I think and I talk about BookTube, I think and I talk about BookTube as if I'm still in it with the group of people that were in it when I And I feel like a bit over it for that, you know, like, over it um, when when I think about that. Um, But it's this whole, it's like Fortnite. I love Fortnite. Me, how you doing? Seriously. (laughs) I love it because it's, seriously, how you doing? Because I love that. games and it's this whole quick thing it's this mm-hmm. I want something here and now I want it quick I want it easy and that's kind of like book talk it's you can watch a seven second video be crying with laughter oh like, yeah going on at this video you know and it's such an evolving different changing thing um yeah. and it's um yeah it's amazing so book 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 talk is if you're out there Feel free to talk about a lot of Tunnel Nights. Um, <laughs> please take the weight off my shoulders because I need to yeah. write. And I can do <laughs> that was another question that I had for you is like, I noticed that you're very good at promoting your own book. Like you do that a lot. And it's like, it's like, you'll make like, you'll do a trend video, but you'll add your book into the trend. So like, what is some kind of like advice to other indie authors that you want to give about like promoting your book and using social media as like a promotion, a marketing tool for them? It's, um, I've always, always loved social media for marketing more than anything else. It's not the most beneficial, ads 100% is, but I just don't have the capacity or the funds for that. I like social media because I feel like I'm part of something, but also not being part of something in a really weird sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my advice is be yourself, wholeheartedly be yourself and try and think creatively. I am in the worst video sample of my life. So I don't know how it's being presented, but I'm, I struggle every morning to think of what I'm going to film. I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of posting and giving it away. So I should really take my own advice. But when I really was enjoying it, it was like video ideas were coming to me every minute. I was like, I need to film this and get this up. I wasn't caring about what time I posted. I wasn't caring about how many views it had. I wasn't caring about the shares, the comments, the likes. Try and hold on to that. Not caring about the numbers because it's when you start caring about the numbers and then start comparing is when it becomes a bit of a toxic thing um so enjoy it and just have fun with it rather than take it as something too serious because these things don't last it you know it's different when you're when you're promoting something like I am which can get tiresome for people who are watching because they're like here he fucking here he fucking goes like shaking his ass to Nicki Minaj holding his book one more time and then where if it's other people, you know, it, so I, I'm waiting for that moment of people being like, we're done with you. Let's just hope it's not too soon because I love my time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great, great time to be on. It was on. a great time. 
that 2021. Oh my god, it's 2000. It's almost it's almost 2022. Like if we think about it, it's like this is October. We're in October. That doesn't book talk literally has like it's a time vortex. Literally, you could be on there for her forever and like not even realize it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of authors who you see promoting their books um, and doing it in like really unique ways are doing a better job of kind of like pushing their content because they're seeing like what book talkers are like doing and what they're seeing and what kind of works seeing like those quick few second videos the yeah the trending sounds the hashtags and all of that kind of goes into it but it's kind of like what makes it enjoyable and the more enjoyable it is the more people are going to want to watch it the more people are going to want to look at it I mean like people will ask me like I'm not that big of an account but like you know people will ask me and be like oh how do you start how do you how do you start on book talk and things like that and it's literally the same advice it's just like enjoy the content that you're pushing out enjoy the videos that you're making because the moment that you start making it feel like it's work and it's tiresome and that you have to do it and you you lose Mm. that sense of like enjoyability and your people who are watching your videos will feel it too and they feel like well why should I read this person's book if they don't even feel like talking about it or showing it you know and I feel like that's important for anyone for authors any other types of creators anybody who's watching videos and things like that you know create and keep that sense of like fun when you do your videos and you know if you look stupid doing it trust me there's a whole bunch of other people looking stupid doing other things too and that's usually the ones that people keep re-watching yeah those are the ones completely agree completely agree just have fun yeah I also think that like for me like a a a technique that I do is that like I will I'm not in the filming I'm not wanting to film every single day I don't film a video every single day Mm -hmm. what I do is when I'm in the moment like I save audios and stuff and I'm like okay I could do this this and this with that and I'm like I will film when I like am ready to like film and stuff and so like I just say that like when you feel creative just film a bunch of videos and have them as a backlog because there are days in the week where I'm like I'm in university right now so like I can't Mm -hmm. be like filming every single day and posting like a video every single day and so it's like know like the boundaries and set yourself with boundaries of like this is what I can do and like there are people like Eamon and like um people who like are Pauline who are very big creators and like but they're able to make this content because that's what they're doing now. Like that's their, like, basically their livelihood is making these. And so like for those smaller creators, like if you want to grow, I definitely think that like, it's putting like yourself and yourself out there and being honest with who you are. Like if you like read, like to read porn, just tell people, Hey, I like to read porn. These are my reviews. It's all you got to tell them and you will have people flocking to you. Um, But kind of just like being able to set your own boundaries for when it comes to social media and not focusing on the numbers, like Ben was saying Mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah, because that's where it gets a bit much and I think we all as a like a world do focus on numbers because we're trained to from a very mm-hmm. early age what's yeah. the time on the clock what's in the bank how do you count da, da, da. and I think it's hard to separate yourself from it and I'm the worst person at giving the advice because I'll be sat there thinking oh my god my video hasn't got very many views I'm going to delete it and then I'm sat there and it's ruining my day because I'm thinking oh my god oh my god because what if I can't if I don't if my videos don't do well where how am I going to sell a book like mm. you know and so but it's kind of like 
you just need to realize it's fine it is what it is there'll be yeah. a, it's tiktok who understands the tiktok algorithm nobody mm, there will be, no there'll be people with twenty thousand followers who get more than twenty thousand views on every single video there's people with eighty thousand followers who get 400 views per video there is absolutely no rhyme or reason Yes. So just go for it because who knows TikTok might be deleted in three years time and then Vine 2.0 might come back and we all have to adapt and evolve. And that's the whole point of social media and, you know, marketing online is ev- yeah. evolving. I, I would definitely be a fan of that Vine 2.0. 100%. Oh my God. Vine. Oh, I miss those days. Like I remember like filming like a vine in like my mom's car. And I was like, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember like yelling at people <laughs> from the car. Vine was such an era. Vine was amazing. Like, it was, vine it, was a I get the TikTok, like TikTok, I get the vine vibe sometimes. Like, it's just yeah. it's the same thing, you know, really. Yeah. You know, when the algorithm is good, you are getting good videos. I just feel like there was just something so nostalgic about Vine and yeah, yeah. just yeah. it was it was a time and I now know. I see like viners who like went on to YouTube and went on and did all these other things and I'm just like oh my gosh I remember your your videos used to make me laugh so hard and yeah. then we still have like those vine sounds still like they're ingrained in us like literally dude when I see wo- road work ahead I always go uh yeah I, I sure I hope, hope it, it does, does. <laughs> like I just say that I literally was driving home yesterday from my parents' house and I was like going through like a construction zone and I saw it and I was like, uh yeah, I sure hope it does. I'm in the middle of my car. Like nobody else is with me, but I'm just like saying out vines and stuff. And it's like, or it's like, it's an avocado. Thanks. <laughs> I say this in the grocery store all the time. My friends are like, Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I want no. mine back. Like Oh, that was an era. It was a, it was a time. It was a, it was a beautiful time. Um, I, I have a question about your books. I absolutely love your covers. I love your covers so much. So could you give us like a little info on your covers and like your whole process with choosing artists for them and all of that? Yeah, of course. And then I'm going to give you both. Nobody has seen this. I'm going to give you both a sneak peek at Lord of Eternal Night book two, which is King of Morton's black and white art. It's the next stage. So I'll kind of explain the artists I've worked with in their stages. So I started working with an artist called um, Upon a Daydream, Gwen, who I did the Dragori series with. Mm-hmm. Who I loved. It was just on a whim. I was a friend of her. I did covers for her with my on my old publishing house and I said to her oh could you draw a sketch of this character because I've got this character in my head and I'm starting writing this book didn't think it'd become anything of it she sketched this character kneeling down I fell in love with his face it was just literally a sketch on a piece of paper and I was like you have to make that into the cover which is how that came about and then yes I worked on her this that was fun this process was quite long it would be like quite long gaps between art so you'd it would like it would be like a month or two working on a project maybe even longer so you'd constantly be refreshing your emails waiting for that next update Mm-hmm. And I'm quite a needy person to work with. So you just drop me an email with an update, I'm fine. And um, that was a fun process to work on. And I've always like loved that with Gwen because it was the first covers I worked on and yeah, really good fun. Now I'm working with an artist called Maria who is blowing my socks off. So 
I worked with her on uh, Lord of Eternal Nights. Mm-hmm. And she does her process in three stages. She does full sketches. You pick the one of the sketch you want. And then she does a black and white version, like to build the undercolors up. And then once you qualify that and say it's all good, she'll then add the color. And she literally can do a cover in two weeks to three weeks. So sorry, I get hiccups when I talk really fast. That's all that is. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like Marius in the book. Oh, really? Um, the Lost Mage, again, I worked with her as well. This was really fun um, to work on. So I kind of look, in, in artists, I look for people who, uh, firstly, people don't know, because I think that's really exciting working with like un- kind of like undiscovered talent, but they're not undiscovered because they've got big names themselves in other spaces. But mm-hmm. you all know how powerful fan art is in like the bookish world. We yeah. love artists. So I always try and pick somebody who, isn't really a part of that world because also that might open up doors for them other authors might see the covers and want to work with them and it kind of opens them up for our new revenue streams so mm-hmm. that's kind of what I like to work especially like with all the editors and everything I like to be able to kind of like put other people onto them yeah so whilst I'm talking I'm getting up the, the sneak peek <laughs> of her, which no one has seen but um yeah so my main thing is um slightly undiscovered in the book world and somebody who's really efficient and quick because I'm a very impatient person so I like the fact that um, Maria will give me constant updates mm-hmm. of how things go now I'm not gonna sh- I was gonna show you the whole thing then but I'm just gonna show you the close-up sketch that she's still working on this is like really early stages and we can get your initial reaction this is King of Immortal Type it follows like after Lord of Eternal Night years later um, I can't say what's overtaken the world, but something has overtaken the world. And we're basically following a character who's living in this commune, this walled area um, where um, the elves have come out of this realm, like, hey, we're gonna give humanity a second chance. Otherwise it's the end of the world for you. We're gonna protect you in this wall. We're gonna keep these things out. However, in, um, in payment for that, we need to take your wives, daughters, and and sisters, and they have to bear us a child for reasons. So it's a Hades and Persephone retelling where Hades, this elf, comes and takes Persephone, this girl, but our main character is Persephone's brother, and then Hades is like, oh shit, how's that bussy? And he wants to <laughs> have sex with Persephone's brother. So he's like, Persephone, not for you, hun. The brother, everything's <laughs> Of course, the brother can't get pregnant, so that's going to cause some problems. It's this the, is the-, the TikTok sound. Uh, you're coming home with me. <laughs> that TikTok sound. No, period. So this is the kind of sketching situation of where we're at at the moment with the cover, and nobody has seen it yet. Stop. Oh, my God. <gasps> that looks... The gonna dagger? The dagger, <laughs> the placement, the hair everything it's going to be everything but that's like a good week and a half to yeah. be. that looks so good <laughs> oh so my God. That's, that's first it. of all that whole like rushed synopsis was just like mm, hold, yeah. on. <laughs> hold on a second we I just that cover? Um, 
Hades and Persephone retelling where Hades actually fucked Persephone's brother. That's basically the, the premise. I'm going through the plots that we all love in BookTok. We like the enemies to lovers. I've done that. We like the one bed trope, done that. I want to do some other bits and bobs and I want to put my own gay spin on a Hades and Persephone retelling. I've, I've yeah. never heard of like a Hades and Persephone retelling where it's like, oh, Hades doesn't actually want... Persephone, Hades wants Persephone's sibling. Like that's a yeah. Yeah. that's an ultimate like Hades and Persephone like actual like oh no just yeah. spin on it. That's you I love that. If you start seeing people publishing in seven months time of that kind of book, you'll know they listened to this podcast and they thought that's a good idea. Let exactly. Maybe exactly. You never. I am out. I'm coming out here in these streets. It's on Amazon already. You can't take it from me. So. <laughs> Well, I love that. It's so good. I, I'm so excited for this. When do you plan on pushing this out? So it's coming out in August next year. Okay. Next year is quite a big release kind of year for me. I always, even before I stopped writing, I always had this plan that 2022 would be a big year. Um, mm-hmm. 2023 is my big, big year that I'm like really holding up my hopes for. But next year we have a Betrayal of Storms, which is my new gay fae series, which is um, coming out in January. I'll have this out next year as well. That's what I'm currently writing. And then we'll have that. That will be coming out later in the year next year. So we have Betrayal of Storms. We have A King of Morphs Type, which is the one I've just said about the Hades and the Persephone and the brother. Um, and then we'll have the sequel to Betrayal of Storms. And then like a secret other project coming out ne- ne- next kind of December time. I'm going to try my hand at writing a non-fantasy romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but with like smut in the real world and kind of putting my own spin on that, you know, like a Christmas rom-com. Oh, that'll oh, be so cute. That'll be so cute. Yeah, but, I feel like- I definitely, I definitely get what you mean about like trying to like pull back from the fantasy and jump into contemporary. Cause man, when I was like pure fantasy only and that's all I wanted to like read, write even. And then like, I picked up a contemporary book and I'm just like, I guess I'm gonna try it out. We're gonna see what's gonna happen. And I was just like, where's the magic? Where's the the other, does he have something? Oh, he just looks human. I just feel like it's missing something. But then like after a while, you kind of get into it and you're just like, oh, contemporary is a sweet spot. So I definitely think you could definitely enjoy that. And especially because there's not that much gay, smutty rom-coms out there. And yeah. especially male authors too. Mm-hmm. There's not a yeah. lot of like, um, I mean, we have like non-binary, but we don't have like, I mean, think of the, I think there's one and it was like the palace something. And it literally looked like a red, white, and royal blue. Like, I know what you're talking about. Uh, it was by Paul Rudnick. Um, and that's the only like romance, LGBTQ plus romance that I've seen like written by a man. Mm-hmm. I like- just uh identifies as a man um, uh, yeah. I've never I haven't seen anything else so I was just like that's gonna be really great for you and to get into that market and to get into yeah. that niche and you know what's the craziest thing is I'm sure there's so many books out there but yes. unfortunately they just don't get talked about because yeah. if you're not writing Sorry, guys, we're going to say some painful truths to the listeners, but if you're not reading one of the hyped books that everyone holds up during Pride Month to say, I read LGBTQ plus books, oh and it's this free, you know, we're not all going to have access to know of all these amazing other books. Like, we all have an amazing plethora of knowledge in terms of indie books now, yeah? Mm-hmm. 
Charlotte St. Clair, Elise Cova, you name it, the Guild series. So many authors have been in the, in the industry for ages. Everyone's getting on Badlands. Stacey oh, yeah. Brown used to be a friend years and years and years ago. So, but there are gay books out there, but we just don't have them in front of us. Nobody's putting exactly. them in front of us saying, this is amazing, this is amazing. Because yeah. as much as we all love to jump on the, we love Red, White and Royal Blue, which is amazing. I mean, these books yeah. are amazing, but guys, there's so many other There's so much more. Dude, it feels yeah. so performative when I see like straight, and I'm no offense, but like I see straight like content creators who are just like, oh, these are the LGBTQ plus I'm, books I'm reading this month. And I'm like, like, like it's okay to read like a straight book in Pride Month, but like, it yeah. feels just so fake when it's like, oh, I'm meeting my quota. Like, here's how yeah, shitty I that I, I read this. Like, here you go. I'm not going to diversify uh, any of the other months, but here's the one month that I'm going to show and prove. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. why don't you just like, you can read. Like, it's okay. We're not saying you can't read like straight cis books, but it's like, add some yeah. spice into your life. Like, goddamn. Uh, like, you don't yeah, have li- to read it in just one month. Yeah. I know my readers are all part of the LGBTQ community. Like I see it, I see it in their comments, I see it in their reactions. And I absolutely love that I've, I've, I've tapped into that community. However, I feel like I'm doing an injustice because I don't have the time to read as we kind of touched on earlier, but I, I there's so many books I want to read like out there that, you know, are, are gay and queer and amazing. I just don't do myself that justice to do it like I'm the first one to be like okay well I'm part of book talk and part of this whole video making pressure I'm like oh, I should really read the big ones because that's going to add to the hype that's going to add to the views mm-hmm. to the followers to the I should just be sitting back and reading something that I find myself represented in and that's something I'm going to literally change in the little time I have to read I want to focus on getting in as much kind of you know diverse novels across the board um into my life because I'm following trends is fun but I'm kind of like I'll follow the trend if it's like it's something big. that I want yeah Dude, like whenever I see like somebody recommending like LGBTQ plus books and then they put like song of Achilles and red white and royal blue in there I'm like yeah like you really like you're being that like I yes the books are great great books mm-hmm. not gonna deny that but there is a time when it's like overhyped and overused and I feel like those books it's starting to become that where it's like okay this is getting really repetitive it's like well why aren't you recommending like newer books like are you really just I like yes they're great books but are you so stuck on just these two books that you haven't been reading other books like it's just come to a point where I'm just like I kind of feel I kind of feel like it's um kind of like a bingo card and it's Mm -hmm. like the free space that you get yeah and that's red white and royal blue and song of achilles and it's like an automatic mark that you just do just because it's always there everyone has already read it everyone talks about it it's in every video and that's what it is you know to get you on this hype because on instagram there's a kind of group that i've found myself involved in in terms of following and especially uh, this girl called library mouse and it's library underscore underscore mouse she reads like lgbt books all the time mm-hmm. granted she's reading a kingdom of the wicked but let's give her a break like she can read yeah. the straight stuff. however i always see that she reads things like Lauren and lust um tj clune books um my book <laughs> really um and just like so many that i see that she reads and she's always always sharing like queer art 
And then I spoke to, uh, got involved with a girl called Rez who did some fan art for my books. She, um, she reads queer stuff. There's, so, there's like this niche of authors and yeah. artists who just read queer stuff. And oh my God, I'm learning so many titles. I'm like, oh my God, I need to read that. Mm. Dark Rise by C.P. C.S. Pacas. P.S. P.S. It's a C.S. The Cat? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she just wrote a book called Dark Rise that I really want to read. It's so, so pretty, the cover. And so pretty. the fact that you mentioned that, I actually, so like, I know the captive prince. I literally mentioned about this and I think it was a while back ago, we actually talked about the book and how it like romanticizes stuff. And I just want to clear the air that after reading the amount of dark romance books that I have read, definitely like I'm going to read it, but like, I want to say clearly the air for everybody else who's heard that episode. Like I retract my statement. So that's called progress. That is called progress and change. And like, cause I hate when people say it's romanticizing stuff now. So I just wanted to like retract that real quick. So, uh, but yes, her cover is so beautiful for that book. I have heard that book's got some like yeah. stuff in it, but like, I, I don't really know. Like I said, kind of earlier, I'm so detached from book drama just generally across the board yeah. so I, I I'm the kind of person googling like um googling oh my god I'm so old ah uh, honey can you google something no what's it on the twitters on the search bar on the twitters twitter oh. um that's basically that's where I'm getting at it's like I'm yeah always the last person to tell you so update me what's the tea yes oh gosh there's, there's new tea oh my every, gosh every week there's always something new Apparently, the newest one was uh, someone is going around and reporting Smart Talkers videos. I've heard this mass blocking or something or mass reporting. Keep that energy away from me, guys. I've worked too hard <laughs> to get my videos blocked. Keep it away. Said no. I repent. Seriously. Yeah. No. Um. There. It, there's always like the constant. Like always. it's brought up every single like every single two months romanticizing and like people who read dark romance or like mafia romances are like rom romanticizing the mafia and want it to like they want to be a part of the mafia and it's like bitch do you think I want to die like no <laughs> it's like bitch I have a brain <laughs> like it's fiction it's yeah. fiction sweetie F oh, yeah. I it's, uh, it's always something new that comes up and it's yeah. always it, it's it's kind of recycling always the same conversation over and over again like every three months so we always get like the romanticizing like dark darker themes and then it's the overconsumption, and then it's like um that we're addicted to porn, porn to, and and it's always the same thing over and over again and then we get problematic we authors porn, we wouldn't have time to read literally period yeah. So, and also it's not even porn. It's called reading books about people your age. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, people our age don't ride broomsticks, wave yeah. wands, blah, blah, blah. They're riding wands whilst <laughs> buying broomsticks in the back of the cupboard. So I, I, yeah. Like I, I love that. When, when we joke, when like us readers joke and say, oh my God, we're reading porn and stuff. It's like, it's funny. Cause it's like, well, it's yeah, like, cause it's we're, we're kind of taking 
the power back the, the ne- power back from the the negative yeah. and making a joke of it yeah because yeah. it's like i don't know there's like the chad on tiktok who like was talking about women reading smut and stuff and all of book talk it was just like a like dragged a, dragged this dude to the i did see that ill and it was amazing because it's like they just mentioned chad and everybody knew who they were talking about well, and it was yeah. great it was great like great for men to read like it's great for men to read romance i think that's important um straight men especially uh because they definitely think it's like weird and i'm like no just read it and you'll understand women (laughs) it'll probably help you for Um, those who say that they don't understand their partners read a romance novel and you will understand what people are asking you for yeah yeah um but it's it's i think willow winters talked about it and it was like it's yes it's good for men to read romance and it's great promoted but it's like when you read romance and then start criticizing it for not valid reasons and it's like oh you criticize it for it being like porn and it for being like too emotional and all that kind of stuff it's like this is romance what, what yeah. did you expect it? Like, if people kind of like just- the whole point but also that what really bugs me and i do think there's a lot of negative stuff with porn generally in porn like i think it's like it is quite negative however stop making everything out to be sinful and awful and bad like you're saying it's like porn it's like yeah and like i don't know what it's like when people say oh that's so gay i'm like how are you using that as a negative connotation for something like it like stop being ashamed of sex everyone and let's you know let's just learn together and I think actually I've probably learned well I, I can tell you now 100% I've learned more about the female anatomy in the book I've been reading because of book top let me tell you I feel like I've had a crash course you know <laughs> on distance and all that but you know I have to, so that's what I feel like I'm giving back you guys need to learn about bottoming I'm going to add douching into one of my books um the whole thing so you know i'm just giving back to the community by teaching you all about the gay sex whilst you're all teaching me about the heterosex it's It's a win-win situation win-win win-win situation depending on how you look at it yeah um so kind of a question what is your like how do you write a book because you've written books obviously um (laughs) i mean have you we're not entirely at this point honestly it's it's constant (laughs) so like what is your writing process so we talked with katie and she said she likes to do like her cover first um for like her indie and then she'll do like write the book so what's kind of like your process of like do you have like a plot in your mind and then you like write and then you do the cover or like what is your whole process from like drafting to like publishing a book I think I definitely have a plot. I definitely know the vibe of the story, and I know the, I know the main character. Or it's like I can't write it without knowing the main character and how he'll respond to things. But then I'm very much like Katie. Like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna need a cover really quickly, like because I'm gonna help. That's gonna help motivate me. And also, if I have a cover and I'm spending money on the cover, I'm not gonna give up on the story. Um, my process is, I know where I'm starting. And with the first book in the series, I always know where I'm ending. It's the middle bit that I 
kind of write it as if I'm a reader and I don't really know what's coming next until it happens. Mm-hmm. And if I'm starting to get bored writing it or like, oh, I'm in a writing slump, it's because I'm probably having a bit too much sit down, talky dialogue scenes and I need to add an abduction or a murder or something. <laughs> so I'm trying- so, I try, Something to spice it up. Something, something to spice yeah. it up. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. So with the betrayal of Storms, which is coming in January, I generally believe it's quite intense and fast paced almost potentially almost too much but that's the whole in india you need them to be quick and fast paced Mm -hmm. but um you know we're going from an abduction scene to a murder scene chapter one chapter two to uh an attempted assassination scene and then to this and to this and i i i I did that because i was writing it thinking oh my god like what can i make it exciting next something that the hunger games i liked about the books is it always Mm -hmm. ended chapter on a cliffhanger and i was like Mm -hmm. i love that Mm because i'm that makes me want to read next um, and as someone who wasn't a natural reader or someone who had to kind of get really forced myself to get into reading, that helps. So my process is know the character, get a vibe of the world, not even necessarily know the world, just have a vibe mm-hmm. and explore. I always imagine my stories like a scratch out map in my head. I'm scratching out the detail alongside the reader. Then I go back and I read things in with like foreshadowing and with, you know, following drafts, but yeah that's kind of I'm a bit of a chaotic writer so now writing a sequel and I'm like struggling my way through it because I'm like what the hell's happening why what's happening what's going on the scene but then hopefully it all comes together once I go back finish it edit da, 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 da. um and yeah I'm chaotic would be the short answer <laughs> no so, but that, that, that's pretty it yeah. seems like you kind of have like your little moments here and there and you're just connecting along the yes. way yes yeah complete connect the dots so do you have an editor? I do. Yeah. Cool. So I work I... with three people. Oh, wow. Okay. I was going to ask you, like, I, I didn't ask Nisha or um, Katie, but like, what is like, how is it like working with an editor and what is kind of the vibe of it? And like for somebody who hasn't worked with an editor ever before or even published a book, like, what is that process like? I, I've been through so many different processes with so many different editors. I've been burned by editors and I've had really amazing editors. For me, what works really well is somebody to go through and suggest changes to the story, but focus on the spelling and the grammar. Because for me, the spelling and the grammar and is is my like that is my weak point. That's what I'm really, really conscious about. So that's why I have her, the main editor, go through it and make her suggestions, um, but really focus on the, you know, the actual spelling. Mm-hmm. And then I send it to another who focuses on the spelling and catches things that I missed. Because not one, like, and this is the one thing I will recommend in indie, if you can have multiple people read it, whether it's your friends who are just good at English or, um, or editors, because every one person will always miss something because you're looking at the same words constantly so yeah. I send it to three people who go through that I add suggestions I have beta readers and I have alpha readers and I try and keep my story my story if I was in traditional publishing it would be very much I send it off they send big cover writing like these are your develop developmental edits and these are your structural edits and these are your copy edits and your line edits and I focus more on the line and the copy edits on a professional standpoint and I try and put a bit of um confidence in my own story right storytelling and get a reader's perspective on the editing rather mm. than an editor's perspective it's very weird and I've just been through so many editors so I would rather my editor focusing on the spelling and the grammar and make reader suggestions back at me like okay whilst I was reading 
I thought mm -hmm. this bit and I need this bit to be changed blah, 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 rather than in the English language, this part of the story would be better here because of X, Y, and Z. I just, right, right. I trust in my own ability to tell a story. Uh, you're never going to please everyone. That's the one thing I could pay a million editors to edit the same story. And there'll always be somebody that doesn't like whatever version. So I just trust in my own storytelling and just try and put out a polished draft. It's, it's hard in indie, but that's what I try and do. Yeah, yeah. I think that's okay. important. I was wondering, like, because I know a lot of like, it's very different from like indie and publishing, but like getting a reader's perspective from a book and like, because readers will figure out the plot holes. Like we'll question, we like, hey, like this doesn't make sense. Like Grace and I have been writing a book together and we will like go, we'll talk to her brother and we'll be like, okay, do you like, what is the plot hole? Like question us. And like, so we can fill those plot lines. Cause I feel like readers catch on to that and we're so we're so invested in the story that we're willing to like, okay, this is a little like, mm, it could change or like, yeah, this part doesn't really make sense because in this part, it said something else. And I think that's like really important. It's like, ask your readers like, hey, does this and, make yeah. sense? And readers are like very like, our cognitive and like reading comprehension skills are really up there. So we'll read a scene of like some action scene or some, problem solving scene and we'll just be like well why didn't main character just do this hmm. they have this thing there why didn't they just use it you know and you kind of need those people to read these stories and question those things like why did character go around the tree instead of just going straight uh, across the path like why why do we have this and then as a writer, like you're writing these scenes and you don't realize like, oh, well, this was a, such a shorter path to this point. Why didn't I just do that? And then readers who are going along with the story and invested into what is happening and what the characters are going through, they'll catch those little things and be able to tell you a lot more. And because they care about you and care about your story, they'll just be honest with you and tell you like, this would be make more sense because like that was our big thing when we were talking with my brother about it like we were our process is kind of different in the sense that I am huge on world building I love the world to be established I want us to be like stepping into it yeah and to kind of it makes sense where it could possibly exist it it's so thought out that it could be an actual world and for that to make sense you have to be like well what does the the government system look like what does the magic system look like how how do people survive what what is their relationship with other species and things like that and for all of that to make sense in these magical fant fantastical worlds you need people to understand what you're trying to get to and i feel like beta readers are like chef's kiss when it comes to like looking for those little missing points yeah i completely agree completely agree it's it's really important to flesh out a world and make it as realistic as possible when you're writing about fantasy beings mm -hmm. um and that's the one thing that i love to do but i have very lack of confidence so you're speaking at things now and i'm thinking oh my god like yeah. my, my books like is my magic system okay so crazy Great. It's funny because literally Grace and I will have, we had like these study, like we had zoom sessions for like three hour long zoom sessions where we'd, we'd literally like, we were down to like the, like 
how each species would react with each other and like literally down to like okay the moon means this and like this is why this happens kind of thing because of the moon phase and because this this and this happened in this exact location because of xyz we like we mapped it down to a t and then we're like okay what if this happens or like oh that would happen in book three so we like planned out like three books in our series <laughs> we're definitely planners we're definitely more a plotter i'm a prancer yeah. i'm yeah. uh oh, yeah. i have no idea what the moon's gonna do if the moon explodes in chapter three so be it <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah and it's definitely like it attests to the different types of storytelling and the different types of like writing styles of like you know we'll we'll get to the end eventually the book will be finished yeah we just have different ways of getting there third person writing we actually so the book is for us it's going to be a dual pov so i guess we can we can tell you a little bit about it so our, our story is um we are writing about these two girls who are going to this college to this university who is human on surface but underneath it's like this like night world-esque university i am heavily and when i tell you the night world series changed my view on everything that's what i wanted to do and so i wanted to create this this whole world where creatures are around and alive and thriving and living and interacting with each other and then we have these two girls my character whose point of view i'm going to be writing is a witch um she is Hispanic and she is from Southern California and then Maggie has the human girl who is yeah. going to be thrust into this and yeah my human girl is an immigrant um she's from Russia her she lives in Texas a uh, very very much self-insert here um but it's the kind of like she's a, kind of that perspective of like being thrust into like new things is a constant thing in her life where she doesn't have control and so like i mean i'm not gonna say it because it's kind of like a spoiler but it happens in like the second chapter like third or fourth chapter it's, it's we can say it i mean okay. i think it's look how in tune you both are you know exactly <laughs> what she's gonna say i know yeah, exactly, exactly what she's about four chapters say. If so much can happen in four chapters, you two are so in tune with your writing that you know exactly what's about to come. I love Can <laughs> we tell you, we planned, like, I had, like, a calendar, like, set up for, like, okay, this, this thing happens on this day and on this time because of X, Y, Z, and the same thing happens this time X, Y, Z. And so, yeah, we definitely, like, planned, but we, basically she dies. Um, the human girl dies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she is not killed by a, a vampire, but her throat gets slashed. Um, <laughs> uh, we haven't decided yeah. how she's going to die exactly. So, but I kind of want her Somehow. to get slashed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but she and, and me, life. me, my, my character jumps in and is just like, oh, you're not going to kill my roommate and brings her back to life. And somehow this school is. A, a portal central ground for like the whole world and things happen to her and then the story gets developed and she becomes this kind of doorway to the other side and Ooh, we have so like a whole ghost whisper kind of storyline oh what, yeah. <laughs> what a show it's Delicious. jennifer love hubert in that show was 
loved it every episode was amazing so we had some of that and then the first book is going to focus more on her character jumping into this world and kind of like figuring out what happened why was she killed why were these this serial killer on campus kind of doing things in the second book we find the plot thickens and we have more magic going in and it's more focused on my story my character story but it's still dual pov we have a cliffhanger possibly in there we have werewolves we have shapeshifters we have vampires we have (laughs) we have character deaths we have literally planned out most of the storyline for the three books and I feel like that's why we did it that way because we want things that happen in each book to be part of some bigger scheme yeah and like I said the night world messed me up so I was like if I'm gonna do this we're not going to leave the world hanging we're going to wrap it bring up. it all out to fruition and so that's that's kind of why we had to do it like that because everything needed to have a purpose and so that's why we we're like we're heavy plotters we're like we need to plan 10 steps forward before we take two steps right but it's it's fun yeah and we're taking all of the things that we love on book talk and fantasy books and romance books and we're throwing it in there it's it's all over the place yeah when you get others and when you are writing and when it's ready oh best believe (laughs) i will will need early access (laughs) open doors oh yes oh yeah we definitely plan on all of our like listeners or not listeners all of our guests to get copies and like to receive parks and stuff we got you guys for sure it'll it'll be some time but I think what you guys do with designing your covers first is definitely that inspiration for you guys. I think we might have to do that because I'm a very visual person. Yeah, it's the to focus on too. Like, oh, I want to get this. In, I want to see this physically. I want to see this physically. I want to see this physically, and it's it's really cool. Like, I I did a Petrella Storms cover um, when I was kind of just in the early stages, which is what I usually do. The only problem is though. When you get it done really early, why say though like that? Though, <laughs> when, when you get it done really early, you, I then get like itchy. I'm like, oh, perhaps I should change it. Oh, maybe I need more mm. art. Yeah, a Betrayal yeah. Storms is very different to the other books I've, I've got in terms of its cover, but <laughs> I'm holding on to it because I do love it. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we're, we're definitely like visionaries in that sense. I mean, like, with when all of these authors, these indie authors were getting like their special editions with like book boxes and all of this stuff. I'm just like, that could be us. And then we can have it like this and all of our spines could make a picture. And like, then all of the covers will be connected, but they won't really. And I was, I was going in deep with the visuals. I was like, love that. I'd love to be picked up by a bookish box. I would love to. I absolutely love to so much. So I love them so yeah, much. They are absolutely saying the game. I've worked with um, Fairy Lou on a book called Inherited back in the day. I've worked with Alfred twice. I really would love my chance to shine and just have a book. And book, listen, we need to get it happen. Come on, guys, <laughs> five months next month, get planning. Let's get do it. on it. Seriously. Get I on mean- it. I mean, like, we kind of talked about this with Nisha, but, like, I'm a whore for, like, special editions. Like, special edition books. I actually have, like, I'm going to grab it real quick. 
I'm intrigued I myself. I literally now. bought like acrylic like stands that I'm gonna mount up onto my wall right here. Oh, love, yeah. And they're gonna be like my special edition books are all gonna go on here and stuff. Love. Like when I tell you I'm a whore for special editions, like mm, give me a good special. I edition. don't treat myself enough. I want to get a bookish box. I don't treat myself enough, so I need to just well, be like spend some money there. It is hard because like every now in the UK. And it's like different because like shipping is so expensive to get it there. Because like yeah. I get fairy loot. I got fairy loot a couple of times. And like the shipping to get to the US, I'm like, holy shit. Like, oh my God, my heart. It's <laughs> a bit much. I, yeah. I just love American editions of things. And I want to come to Barnes and Nobles again. And I miss Barnes and Nobles <laughs> so much. So, and yeah. everybody here loves the UK versions. <laughs> Honestly, let's swap because I've got American editions, which I loved all the way back from America when I came years ago and I just love them so but bookstores in America are elite I'm saying it elite you don't think so I, I worked at Barnes and Noble um I had a kid shit in the children's department so I don't know if that's really elite or not but, hey that has to do with like that whole what is it that whole thing about like when you go into a bookstore and you immediately have to go to the bathroom don't know what it is but it's like a thing. It's it? like, it's a thing that immediately when you go into a bookstore and you smell like the paper and books and things like that, that you automatically have to go to the bathroom to take a shit. Next it's time a thing. I'm going to go around and be like, <laughs> by the kids section. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny it's that thing. I brought up that 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 story because like I'm actually writing another book series myself and it's like a bookstore it's called the bookstore babe series so it's a, it's a series about bookstore booksellers um and literally like another self-insert another self-insert sure. but I'm literally taking all of my stories from working at Barnes and Noble and I'm like okay what if these were like actually books so like the first line of my first book is somebody shit in the children's section and it's like it's iconic because I remember when it happened and we were all like, like in a bookstore in the middle of Kansas, you're really like pooping in the children's department. Like why? Donaldson. I get paid Nick minimum wage. Doll. I get paid minimum wage. I can't do with this. Honestly. But, um, Not me. yeah. So like, what is, <laughs> I, so you're from the UK, obviously for our listeners who don't know that he lives in the UK you live in didn't hear it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean you do have an accent um, what are the bookstores like you were talking about how like american bookstores are elite like what are how what are the differences between like bookstores like here and then versus like i know you have waterstone we have waterstones which i feel like it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger it's barnes and noble they're owned by the same barnes and noble's your big one yeah. yeah we then have wh smith which they think they're the leaders in terms of YA books they're not sorry wh smith i love you um, they did comment on my engagement pitch and I did reply saying, are you giving me free books for life? And they ignored me. Um, By the way, congratulations. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Very excited. It's been seven and a half years in the making. So, wow. Yeah. Long I, run. I feel like people don't expect me to be my age. I don't think I'm that old anyway, but I'm 27, almost 28. And I think people are like, what? And I'm like, yeah. I, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. I'm 25. We're, we're we're there I think oh, we're yeah. we're that kind of kind of era but yeah, yeah so um yeah so we've got Derek Smith and then we've got Blackwells but Blackwells is kind of 
um, is amazing. The one in Oxford, they're kind of like Oxford bookstores, but I do think there's a couple like around the UK, but that's mainly like an Oxford bookstore, which is where I'm mm. from. Uh, I'm not from, but I live here now. And then you've got Foils, which is my favorite bookstore. Foils giving me very Barnes & Noble vibes. Very big, very full shelves, giving me spend your money. Mm, mm, like Barnes & Noble's, because I went to America and came back with a bookcase full of books. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, a suitcase. It's 20 past nine here at night. I'm losing the <laughs> to live but yeah I came back with a whole suitcase of books because Barnes knows everything I could literally pluck things from my shelves that I bought I just loved it so much oh my gosh I remember because like that's funny because like Calvin he went to Germany and he literally brought a suitcase full of books with him and it's yeah. like 50 pounds worth of books and I'm just imagining like you like in America buying like 50 pounds worth of books and just taking it with you I just that's crazy like it's insane oh. but you gotta do what you gotta do that's true. That's true. Like, yeah. I, but like sometimes, like, sometimes, like, UK covers just look so amazing. So pretty. Except for like people we meet <laughs> on vacation, though. Like, sometimes, like, the people we meet on vacation cover where it's like me and you on vacation, it's not even like the same title, but it's the same book, but different ending. Same book. But the it's like, then. why? <laughs> the English book covers nasty. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, but they're not the nice for me. American book covers, delicious. So let's swap. It's always let's like swap. that. It's always like that, where it's like you always like what you don't have, and it's like, oh yeah. I think it's I think it's also like the like oh these are the UK covers like it's, it's special it's special it's special. I'm trying to convince my partner to go to America for for our honeymoon. Oh. Just Go to all of them. Go to all of them. Do a road trip. In the Grove, loved. Okay. In Anaheim, loved. Or it was near Anaheim. We had to get a taxi for like 30 minutes outside. I Mm -hmm. did feel like like America was very separated. Like it was like, if you wanted to go somewhere, you have to be in the car. Oh my. Okay. Okay. Um, You're reminding me of like that TikTok, that guy on TikTok who is like blown away with like how big America is. And he, he literally is talking about like in the UK, if you want to go to a different country, you just, you know, drive a couple hours and then you're there. Yeah. But in America, you tell me that you drive 10 hours and you're still in America. <laughs> you're uh-huh. still there. And like every time somebody like comments, like, oh, wait till he finds out about this. Wait till he finds out about how long it takes to drive across Texas. And it's so funny to me because like that was literally you because like, yeah, we're so spread Sorry. out. I was in San Clemente, which nobody ever knows. And I always go, you mean San Clemente? I'm like, no, I mean no. San Clemente. C-L-E-M-E-N-E. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, the only bookstores was the Target, which was a bookstore, but everything to me. Target. Yes. <sighs> Very boo-boo-ish. Love it. Love the food. Love the goldfish. <sighs> then there was a like a second-hand bookstore, which was everything to me. But oh, I was yeah. going to Barnes & Nobles. And she was like, honey, it's like a two hour drive to the nearest Barnes and Nobles. I was like, "Can't get the car going. Turn the little- <laughs> so I do remember a couple of, t- I didn't go as nearly as much as I wanted to, but thank God for the bank account. Cause seriously, the money I spent and the suitcase I had to bring back was actually embarrassing. embarrassing. Oh, yeah. But I gotta say for your honeymoon, do it. Yeah, do it. G- yeah. Look up the, the prettiest Barnes and Nobles and like 
go there and just like do like do like a bookstore crawl and just go to all of them and you'll one just per book but one yeah. store one book per bookstore yeah well yeah definitely i don't or know two. if you could do that maybe like or two, two. Do I'd go to one bookstore and buy all of them and go the rest. I'd be like, ah, oh, same ones, same ones, same ones. Yeah. yeah. But then you'll see one that has the edition that you wanted at the other store, but didn't have it. And you're just like, I have dreams about it. You know, I actually physically have dreams of going into Barnes and Nobles and being like, I want to get this book. And then I can't, and not even in like that. I dream of going to a bookstore because it probably ends up in a murder. But I generally do have dreams of like seeing a bookshelf with America books and being like, I want to pick you up. And then I can't pick you up. So. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, I, I've gone to like bookstores in like, I've gone to one in like Paris and then I went to one in um, Kiev, Ukraine. And like the difference I've noticed, like it's definitely that like smaller, like cozier vibe versus like a Barnes and Noble where it's like literally takes like five minutes to walk across the whole store. Like would I tell you, I was walking like seven, eight miles a day working like a seven hour shift it's huge like i was power walking like i don't know if you've ever seen like it's a it's a really great tiktok that a barnes noble posted and it's like when a newbie like goes to give somebody a book and then when like an when like a pro bookseller goes to give a book and the bookseller is like running <laughs> down the aisle i tell you i will like i i'm short i'm five three i don't got long legs my my legs are short I was walking so fast, like these six foot guys would be like trailing behind me and I'm just like power walking. <laughs> it's huge. The Barnes and Nobles here are like ridiculously big, but I want to go to a Waterstone. I want to go to like one in London and see what they I kind like. of, I kind of miss that. Feel. I love Barnes and Nobles like any other person, you know, I love it. It's something about like those new books and everything, but then going to like a smaller, like cozier store, it gives you, I don't know, it's something a little bit more authentic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into smaller bookstores and indie booksellers, like you get that more personal connection. Yeah. And yes, it's great if they have like all of these other books. Like I went to um, the Rip Bodice in Culver City, which Amazing. is like, all romance I literally walked away with like 10 books and like all my other friends like Pauline and Tish and Tanya they were just like how many books did you grab and I'm just like I because like this is my genre right now this is what I'm reading this is what I I want I feel like I saw the pictures yes you probably did Pauline was there and the big bunch of you were there yeah yeah that was us and it was literally like having a small bookstore right that would it was just that it gave you to romance mm-hmm. was absolutely amazing and the owners were so nice and so sweet and ah! yeah yes, yes. That's, us. that's us yeah, yeah. it was also, literally say stunning hold on yes oh, Tanya is goddess love her it's funny because they were i saw that she was hanging out with tanya and i like literally i all caps like scream texted at her ask tanya if she will be on the podcast i want her on the podcast ask her because i'm a fangirl and i was like fangirling over her and i was like you Mm. have to ask (laughs) and grace looks up was like do you want to be on the podcast (laughs) it's the style for me oh my gosh she is like literally i love her so much she's just like Every time I look at her, I'm just like, she's so beautiful and she's so sweet too. She's such a nice person, like interacting with her on comments and stuff and just 
She's so nice. She's, She's so the- funny too. Yeah. Bookish people are the best. Bookish people are the best. Okay. Like <laughs> that's the dream. Like, you, you know, you, bef- like a few years ago, we'd be like, oh, you know, be careful who you talk to on the internet, right? You never know. It might be whatever, right? And who thought today we would be like, you know what? I met this person on the internet. Now we're going to go on a trip together. We're going to go, we're going to fly across the country together to go visit another one. Yeah. You know, we're going to, let's, let's go grab lunch. And the power of book talk. Insane to me. The power of book talk. Power of book talk. Like, Very guys, be careful. Cause I'm not going to lie. I did have a stalker. <gasps> so you've got to be careful. It's a long story, probably for another day, but it was Oh no. Very, oh my God. I, was, I was texting Elise today and was like, because we we Facebook message more than we text, and I was like, "Do what?" I was like, "At least we have each other's number. Like, why are we Facebook messaging?" But then I realized it's because she, because I texted and I hadn't had a reply. I was thinking that's so weird, and this was like months ago. And I realized because I never told her I had to change my number. But yes, did get stalkered. Did happen. So be careful, but also you'll you you know trust your instincts. Because yeah. was it like, did they were they like a a fan and they were like stalking you or they were they were i i don't like the term but yes they were like were they a reader they were a reader yeah and it was like i'm talking 200 calls on my phone a day it would be cool gone cool gone cool gone cool gone one after the other after the other after the other um it was intense and I knew exactly who it was and it was very stressful and he was trying to trick it was just the whole situation oh wow. that's scary so, yeah you got to like like I'm and I think this is like, that contributed to my disappearance from online for two years that was a big big factor because it started after I first did uh Yalk which is like the UK version of BookCon and it that's where he, he met me and it started there so and, and it had a massive massive effect on me and me being online and I think it's taking a lot to go for that point and it wasn't until he generally was like the police went up to him and and had to say like this is your warning if this happens again we're gonna, we're gonna go to court um so because of that I disappeared and I think I forget about that sometimes so <laughs> do be careful live your best because you do trust but it's the men trust don't trust the men <laughs> I wasn't don't gonna say it <laughs> wasn't gonna say it I mean the only no, like- there was only like a handful of male book talkers that I trust. It's you, Calvin, Roddy, Reese. I love it. Calvin. I love, love, love Calvin. Calvin I, is he's everything. And, and what I love about Calvin, it's the same with Eamon. Eamon was the first person to ever do a video on my books. I didn't even realize somebody had bought the book from her wish list and sent it to her. She did a video. Love her, genuine person. Same with Calvin. Um, I'm so so proud of what he's done in such a short space of time Ooh, thank yeah. god because that happens to the straight book talkers that hold mm. the up so thank god it's somebody that he's actually you know, funny he's funny, actually has something to say reads you know books that aren't all straight i think he's really sweet and i and i'm i i see him pop up and i don't know like i do, i feel like i'm a big brother in a way and i'm like oh my god go for, i don't we don't even talk that much at all he's, but we you know i sent him my books and it was everything and, and i think he's so sweet so he he is a great person and like it's funny because we talk about him on the podcast a lot because he he, he is he's he, an avid avid listener he's like our, our number one yeah. hype person it, it's him. funny because we'll like we'll we'll talk about calvin once in an episode and i'll be like calvin don't listen to this or like calvin like 
turn off the turn off the turn off the episode calvin and he'll like text me he's like no i don't want to and i'm like what and then i'm like oh he's listening to like the most recent episode of the podcast but we love calvin here and calvin he's our that was our like biggest episode was calvin's episode where he was on um i mean both of our biggest episodes were men but uh yeah uh we had so we had um this harrison uh, this tiktoker who plays hockey and who was fan casted as garrett in l kennedy's the deal oh i think i've seen him yeah he was fan casted and then he ended up actually reading the book because so many people pressured him and he was like and we were like hey can we get your perspective on the book and he actually like it was a very interesting conversation where he took notes he brought like took notes pages of notes with him and i was like i felt like I felt like I felt shamed because I was like, oh my God, like this dude no- remembers more about the book than I did. He's like analyzing their relationship and stuff. And I was just like, I was just like, this is how straight men need to pick up the books that we tell them on book talk. Yeah. It was really funny because like there was like a scene that we were we were talking about. It was just like, oh yeah. And then after they went to this place, right? And he's just like, no, 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 that happened in chapter so and so. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Like he stood us up and was like no you're wrong well he didn't say that but like it was just really funny how it's like we both had read the books but he was like he he analyzed he knew it better more. and knew more yeah. than we did it was great it's, I love that. he's really he's really he's not a book talker he he still does like he definitely likes i'm not gonna say it stayed in his lane and was like i'm just creating like my like tiktok content like but like he had that splash with book talk because people, so many people were pressuring him into reading the book and he did and he enjoyed it. But now he's back to like his okay. like hockey stuff and thirst traps, so. Oh. Really? <laughs> well, okay, it's funny. So I actually got caught in like 4K, but he, you know the trend that's going on TikTok right now with like the hips, it's like the- oh, yes! I know, I know, I love it, I love it. I love it with the guys who do it. And he and he was doing the sound and I was like, I was like, oh my god, it's gonna happen. Oh my god, it's gonna happen. And then he like flashes the camera and it like it has like, you know, like where they're like taking a photo of you instead of actually doing the trend. And oh. that's what it was. And I was like, I was like, Harrison. I'm not here. Got me. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I like, love oh. the dancing friends. Oh my gosh. Every time I hear that sound, like I automatically like do it, and I'm just like, dang it, I can't, I can't do it. Book talk, it's not gonna do well (laughs) with my my videos. Let me just not. Let me let me not. I know, honestly. I I I've got captions now on my videos, and I'm pretty sure if I put captions on and I'm talking about gay things, it's like, boop, not going anywhere today for you. Not not doing anything today. It's annoying. Oh yeah. Like I noticed, like on I noticed for like a lot of creators like they put like the word smut they put any of that and their video gets taken down immediately yeah. like, I've put knock on wood hopefully these are wood I don't know they're my Ikea shelves they're probably not um but like I'll put it and it's like I don't get like I get good views on it and stuff and it's like but I've definitely had to like the censorship when it comes to book talk and romance yeah. books in general it's like holy cow over you know my tech. So I'm half Greek and I have a Greek keyboard on my phone. And mm. some of the Greek alphabet looks like British or English British. Yeah. British alphabet, as if we have <laughs> one. Okay. Um, okay. Um, okay. So we just take the um 
the language you know we <laughs> Americans um but no I I so I so I type gay but I type it with a gut and then I type it with the with the Greek letters TikTok could never catch me out I'm a professional <laughs> do you do you hear that everybody that's how you do it use the Greek al- alphabet it's the funny Greek alphabet like- out and putting the a that looks like an a and putting the y that looks like a y get a gay <laughs> and you can do it with smut too because I do it with smut as well SM for the UK one, U and the TT, TTTT for the Greeks. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny because, like, I, I, my dad, my dad's Russian. So he sends me like a lot of Russian memes. And it was like, oh, yeah. You forget that you're typing on the Russian keyboard, but it's like in Russian letters, but you read it like English. And that's exactly what that reminds me of. It's like, you can get away with it. You can. That's yeah. definitely a way to get away with I have smart TikTok. Yeah. I deserve a 1 million view video for that. <laughs> Dude. So exactly. Like do. my biggest video is of me purchasing a book. Like that's what my biggest video is and I'm just like let's not all doing a stupid skit for from Blood and Ash. And I'm thinking why couldn't a video about my books get 60 600,000 yeah. views. You know, I'm out here literally dancing to the same sound 24/7 somebody somebody give me a million views if i had a million views i honestly think my life would change not because i've become popular or anything but because a million people have seen my book how else like that is impossible you literally like lose count and you don't realize that it's that many people like even like a thousand people that's a lot of people yeah and then you start getting up a little bit more and more and like you're just like that's a lot of people that have seen my face yeah Yeah. no like when I like I I will like when like kind of focusing on the numbers real quick but like when you think about it like when you first hit like your first thousand fall like followers you're like holy fuck like if you think about a thousand people being in the room with you watching you while you make that content you're like holy fucking cow and then you hit 10k and you're like yeah that fills a stadium almost like i don't i don't know yeah (laughs) you will get there grace you will get there it slows down though like tiktok for me was i was gaining like a thousand to two thousand followers a day at one point and now it's like 10 followers a day and then like that like the popping the poppages and the and the the followers and the shares and all that kind of stuff has completely died down in the past five months oh my gosh it's been so bad like this past this past month was so bad it was so across the board i'm going through at the minute a bad couple of weeks i was definitely like that where i was getting like 500 600 700 followers a day uh, after i hit like i hit like 5k and then i just it it, jumped and then i hit like 20k and it's been like a steady like okay three followers today four followers and it's just been like like steady increase and then like my views like i used to be able to like post a video and i get 1000 or not 1000 10,000 views or like 15,000 views and it's like great but then like i'm starting posting now and i'm like i'm barely hitting a thousand and i have like mm-hmm. like where algorithm what tiktok yeah. what? like today my i posted a video today the usual time i posted a video which i've done the format for like loads of times it's been up for uh, six hours. It has 700 views. I have 78,000 followers. Oh, what's going on TikTok? Yeah. 
it's just like there's no rhyme or reason so that video i'll delete that video later because i'm like oh numbers but um, but i will say this like tiktok's new algorithm it's like pushing to your followers first and then the more your followers start interacting with it yeah. the more it starts like being pushed out because like yeah. that is how my videos do like now on, on tiktok i just literally post whatever because like i it's more that i'm posting on tiktok so that i have content for ig reels that's that's, that's me that but the, again i was doing that i was reposting them and then i had a couple that were like a half a million views for no reason and also they got the views like a week later like randomly i'd start yes like, yes that's the thing like a video that like right now i have a video that's like popping off and it's a video that i posted like maybe like three weeks ago and that's how it's been because like two weeks ago a video that i had posted three weeks ago then was like really really big and it's like now at like 200k or something like that and yeah. I'm pretty small on Instagram as well and so for that to happen to like you know I only have like 2,000 followers but it's IG Reels is my sweet spot I will say it time and time again like yeah. if your content is not pop popping off on TikTok most likely it will do really really well on IG Reels. Do you save it directly from the TikTok or do you have an app that downloads the video without the branding? So, so this is what I do. Before I post it to TikTok, I screen record it, like, you know, in the preview, screen oh, record it, have the sound and everything, and then just because that's what I need to carry on doing. I feel like because I'm, I used to have the app that you could download the videos and then it took the branding off, but I think they got rid of the app because it stopped working. Mm -hmm. Um, but I used to do that and, th and they did well. And ever since then, like, they don't do as well, but it's fine. But yeah. I, I need, we need popping. We need a pop. We deserve happiness and success. Yeah, we do. We do. It's funny because like Tanya said th this one thing. She was just like, TikTok is like the definition of a toxic relationship. You do something good and they applaud you. They give you love and everything. And all of a sudden they just ghost you and just like, leave you alone don't and you do everything to try and get that attention back and then you do something get the attention back and then same that's side how we get so much of us in because it's an addiction we all have our moments of having a pop like at the beginning of our careers on whatever app we have loads of pops and we get addicted and then they're like okay right they're hooked now so we're going to lower back and then we keep posting we keep making the money and then they give us another one you know to make sure that we're constantly staying in the in the circle and it's this complete addiction so it is it totally sucks and we can't stop and i don't can't. see myself getting off of tiktok though we won't stop yeah. i just no, totally fine i i just find like tiktok it's like it's finding your like niche with your like followers on TikTok where it's like, for me, it's like the recommendation videos that have my bookshelf in the background and then me just doing transitions with my hand showing. Those are the ones that really people like from me because yeah. I don't know, that's just the ones that they like, or like me like going driving all the way down to Kansas City to buy a bookshelf and then coming back and building the bookshelf and putting books on the bookshelf. That's what people love to watch from me versus like my recommendation videos. I'll always put out recommendation videos for like, four plus stars books never do as well as like my like just me building a bookshelf like being oh. natural just being yeah. unfiltered and being natural yeah. that's what I think yeah. that's what it, people do love they yeah. love that. they love 
just seeing people every day what I've always been told is when when you think it's boring other people won't because they aren't you and they don't know what's coming and they don't know what's going to happen so that's yeah it's truck your hooks out there into the ocean and see when there's going to be a nibble yeah yeah exactly tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> it could be tomorrow watch watch your book is gonna like pop off in one I'm of these so videos ready for it. honestly I'm so ready for it because then I can like not post every day that's the one thing for me like I have to focus on writing and I have a really unhealthy writing social media and work life so I need to be able to just be like to because I don't I don't really see people talk talk about the books really like if we're being brutally honest which is fine um but I I would love just for somebody to read it and be like, I love this book and me, and then people discover it and not, and feel like it's more natural. Cause you do, if, if you did a video of my book and it got 600 views, you would sell more books than if I had done the same video and got 600 views, because it's more natural coming from somebody that isn't the author. It's less mm-hmm. biased, it's more raw and more authentic. So it's always best when, when reviewers is word of mouth on steroids. For TikTok. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. yeah yeah well I this th- is us wishing good good things good luck yes this is like us like manifesting this for you so like everybody who's listening to the podcast definitely go check them out on amazon we're gonna have it linked down below um right to all of his books and his good reads so you will definitely definitely will help promote you and we'll post everything everywhere i definitely do i have so many books i have to read like I, if you're looking at the shelf behind me these are all my to, this is my physical TBR. The shelf, this, is my this TBR. Sh- yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> the cards. It's like it's it's crazy. I have this full like IKEA shelf full of books of like what I have to read. It's crazy, but um, I think we think this is a natural ending for this episode. So thank you, Ben, for coming thank on. You. Um, thank you. Definitely had so much fun talking. This was a great. I, know. I feel like we've done really well. It's been like literally almost two hours of us just. <laughs> yeah exactly. when when we for everybody who's listening knows that like we love talking with people that's kind of why and we love talking with each other it's like why we created the podcast podcast and especially october to help health help authors promote their new books coming out and just kind of to get people who haven't heard about you before to listen about you because we knew about you and so some people might not know about you and now they do because they listen to you talk um but do you want to plug any of your social medias and your books before we end? Just read what you want to read, read what makes you happy. If it's my stuff, great. And if it's blue alien porn, then go and live your best life. So it's just been, it's, I love, love interacting with um, people. And I feel like sometimes the old person have been like, oh, I don't want to interact and make friends, but I, it's just so nice to like feel like you guys want to listen. So thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. I've loved it. Yes, Every- of course. Yes, thank you to all of our listeners who have been listening. Um, next week's guest is going to be Alexis Daria, who is the author of You Had Me at Ola and A Lot Like Adios is the newest book out. Um, Grace, do you have anything else to add? Um, our shop info... Uh... You can always keep updated on our Instagram for any updates on there and our podcast Instagram as well for any updates on our authors or cute little snippets of our episodes going up on there. Make sure you guys follow our TikTok as well. All of our TikToks and help boost our views. So <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. 
Yes. Well, thank you, everybody. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Bye. Bye.